My name is Mary Grace, and you're listening to the Homebody Podcast. Here, we explore embodiment as interstellar beings, practicing how to live more fully as creatures of both the stars and the earth. These spiritually and artfully-minded conversations intersect astrology, creative practices, intuition, magic, healing, poetry, and a deep love for the natural world. My hope is to enliven you so we can co-create possible regenerative futures, to encourage you so together we can become dynamic agents of beauty, fully awake with our power intact. Let us be intentional as we approach the creation and caretaking of life, and let's make room for inquiry, sensitivity, and joy. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Today we're going to talk about the astro for the first half of October 2021, including the upcoming new moon in Libra, Venus entering Sagittarius, as well as Saturn stationing direct. Also share a channeled message toward the end of the episode, and we're changing the format for that a little bit. So previously, I've been sharing a channeled message or an energetic forecast for both of the new moon episodes and the full moon episodes each month. So there's been two, but we're changing it now to where the channeled message will just live in the episode that is outlining the first half of the month. So there will still be two astro episodes, one around the new moon, one around the full moon, sort of dividing up the monthly astrology into more bite-sized pieces. However, the channeled message will only be at the beginning of the month. So it conserves my energy a little bit better, and it just makes for more coherence and focus and integration time. Before we jump into all of the things going on this first couple weeks of October. I want to let you know about a couple of things coming up. First of all, technically the doors to kin closed last night. However, I'm leaving it open for an extra day just for podcast listeners. So this upcoming quarter, our online community is exploring connection into service. What are the practices, the tools, literally the connections, both intuitive and physical that enable us to step into more meaning, a greater sense of self that can then move into service with and for the earth. So I'm really excited about this quarter's content, the exercises, the guests that are coming. And if you would like to join us, you can find out more about that and sign up at the link below before today is over. We also have a class coming up that is free to everyone. A member of our kin community, Sarah Johnstone, is going to be leading a class called Locating Self. This is a free event that explores the connection between ecological stewardship, eco-spirituality, specifically from a Celtic perspective, embodied rituals, practices, decolonial perspectives, and 
approach, approaches them in regards to climate change as a cultural issue, which is something that's been coming up inside of our online community a lot. So while the context of this particular project is based in Australia, because that's where Sarah is from, the larger concepts of climate change and connection to land and earth-based spirituality, they offer important insights regardless of where you live. So it's going to encourage you to reflect on your life and your culture to find the resources in your own ancestral toolkits for reconnecting with yourself, the land on which you walk, and the human and non-human beings that you share the land with. So if that sounds interesting to you, it is a free event that is open to you all. So you can find out more at the link below and RSVP, add it to your calendar, and we hope to see you there. So let's jump into the astrology for October by recapping some of the things that are going on or carrying over from the previous month. So Mercury is just stationed retrograde on September 27th and will continue to be retrograde through the middle of October. So Mercury is also in the crowded room of Libra right now. The sun is also there. Mars is also in Libra. So their combined energies and interactions are a big theme or a big tone that we're going to see play out this month. In the U.S., I thought it interesting the day, I think Biden's big infrastructure plan is originally scheduled for September 27th to be voted on, which is the day that Mercury stations retrograde. It'll be interesting. This episode is being recorded before that, but I think it feels very certain that there will be a halt in that schedule or a change in direction and some divisiveness and slowness around that process. In general, looking ahead to October, we have a lot of movement, a lot of wind, a lot of things going on in the airy realm of Libra, a lot of transitions towards forward movement. So we have four planets that are stationing direct this month, which are Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury. So projects, actions, or long-term goals or games that have felt frozen, like so much, like so much work for almost zero movement will now begin to have some more momentum and be able to pick up some speed or some progress. Mars and Saturn have also been very close together for a while. And so Mars is therefore very closely involved in the new and full moons because Mars is being very close to the sun. So This began back in September and will continue through November 19th, where each of the lunations are going to have a martial influence in a very pronounced way. And I think there will be a crescendo of that influence, especially as we move towards November, due to Mars's increase in power and resources that we'll see at that time. So... Let's get into week one. It's very act. It feels like active and slow at the same time. So since we have a lot of planets about to go direct, they're currently either in a phase or moving into a phase where they're stationary, not appearing to move at all. So things may feel on hold in a big way while undergoing also a process of review of Mercury retrograde, perhaps even a sense of instability, worry, or stress involved with that process. The first week of October, Mercury, because they are retrograde, is then going to revisit some relationships and conversations, interactions, and some planets that occurred earlier in September. So for instance, on Friday, October 1st, Mercury will square Pluto for the second time, perhaps uncovering or delivering news to and from the underworld, digging up dirt, shadowy information, or unearthing or divulging secrets, obsessions, or even powerful transactions. 
The other thing that Mercury is going to revisit is a trine to Jupiter or a harmonious glance to Jupiter on Sunday, October 3rd. The first occurrence was on September 20th, and there will be a third and final pass of these two later on in October. So you can think of them as like driving cars by each other on the road each time they pass one another. They exchange a message of some kind. So it's like, what's the update? What's the speed? And now that they're passing each other, both driving backwards in their car, they're not only saying hello again, but there may be a difference in expectation, a difference in the information, even a slower pace to the exchange. And again, maybe a change in direction to the original news that they exchanged. On Wednesday, October 6th, we have the new moon in Libra. And as I said earlier, there's a big pileup happening in Libra right now with Mercury, the sun, the moon, and Mars all in this sign. Because Venus rules this sign, the new moon is ruled by Venus. And while that would normally be something to really look forward to and feel really generative and relational and social with sparks of interest and new ideas, it's important to remember that Venus is not necessarily well situated right now. Venus is still moving through the muddy trenches of Scorpio, carrying heavy rocks or climbing out from under heavy rocks and in the deep and the dark and working through an environment that leaves her feeling more powerless and exhausted. So while Venus is digging through Mars's house in Scorpio, Mars is in Venus's house. Remember they changed last month. So they're staying in each other's homes, doing this house swap, both of them in environments that they don't like to be in. So though Venus technically rules this new moon in Libra, Mars is very influential. Since Mars, again, has been traveling with the sun, Mars has been really prominent for these new and full moons since mid-September and is going to continue being a major player there through mid-November. So this is perhaps a more challenging or less harmonious new moon in Libra than we would like to expect. Mercury is retrograde very close by, making the chit-chat slow or confusing or misunderstood. And though Mars is weak in Libra here, Mars is still a presence and may be infiltrating these Libran attempts at gathering or agreement or business and justice, sort of infiltrating with like seeds of dissent or divisiveness or those sneaky whispers in the ear. I haven't, it makes me think of, I haven't watched the movie in a very long time, but sort of like Jafar in the movie Aladdin, very like kind of very close to the ruler, close to the sun, behind the scenes, but adjacent to power and therefore able to manipulate power with apparent social graces, apparent charm, apparent etiquette that sort of feels like a bit of Mars's position right now. It's adding an abrasive quality, this storm gathering quality. So there could be inflammatory ingredients that have like a snide or a rebel quality Sort of like giving a toast at a wedding that's like, you know, you're dressed, it's like dressed up, trying to look nice, but is also full of these sort of under the table cutting remarks or always trying to one up someone with like backhanded compliments or turn something into a one up or a competition, things like that. And this is sort of, in a lot of ways, a beginning of some stories that we're going to have with Mars. We'll start to see cropping up this month, there will be a crescendo in that martial influence and energy over the next few weeks as we as Mars slowly gains in power and visibility. 
To add to some of that intensity, on the same day as the Libra new moon, Pluto will be stationing direct. So it's adding some power interest there. This will likely be a collective or a cultural influence or power that is back to making moves. And it can add like this influential or magnifying quality, intensifying the moves that it makes or the things that it's interested in. If you have planets on or close to 24 degrees of Capricorn, Libra, Aries, Cancer, these intensifications or the sort of underworld tunneling may be felt more personally just because it's touching a more personal area of your chart. The day after that, on October 7th, Venus will leave the sign of Scorpio, where she's not had a good time and will enter Jupiter's sign of Sagittarius. So this is definitely an upgrade in her hotel or her boarding pass on the plane, sort of coming up out of the catacombs and into this fire sign of optimism and meaning making and movement. Sagittarius rules the thighs. And so there's this galloping quality, this running quality. It's like Venus on a horse, (laughs) which makes me think of the goddesses like Artemis or Diana, the huntress archetype is more interested in the adventure than in the castle or the prince or getting rescued, wants to be on the adventure, wants to be on the hunt, wants to explore, be her own guide with her own mission and pursuits. Like Venus with antlers is what I'm thinking, independently creating and performing her own rights and always on the way to somewhere. So Venus will be in Sagittarius here until November, and then Venus is going to enter Capricorn, where she'll be for an extended period of time until 2022, because she's going to go retrograde there, increasing the length of her stay. And that, I think, will also bring an increased Saturnian influence to our already very Saturnian-dominated chapter of life that we're all going through. (laughs) Maybe it's just me, but I think it's everyone. Moving into week two, so this second week of October really brings a lot of our attention back to that jumble of Mercury and Mars and the Sun and Libra, all the exchanges going on there. And Friday, October 8th, it could also be the 7th, depending on where you live in your time zone, the Sun and Mars are going to conjoin together in Libra. And this starts a new cycle, a longer story for Mars and the Sun. This happens roughly every two years, on average about 25-ish months. So the last time that Mars and the Sun came together like this, it was in September of 2019 in Virgo. And so we see the introduction to this story happening with the Sun in a place that they don't do very well. Mars is also in a place where they don't do very well. And they're coming together to start a new cycle. So it's a bit of a messy union or some sort of defeated effort for glory or a fall from grace or perhaps even a fall from money. So I think we may see some some stories or some of those things start to play out that are notable over the next chapter. And Mars's efforts and the sun's efforts, you know, because they're not powerful here, they're not set up to be very successful right now. Sort of rising to the top or fame or glory or is going to be challenging and probably not successful. And then also playing the role, the Marsy role of like provocation or picking fights or achievement through competition or 
Strength is also not very supported at this time either, though there may be an impulse to engage or to, you know, rise to the top through those martial efforts. It's, it's not likely to succeed right now. Saturday, October 9th, which is the following day. So Mercury is still retrograde and is going to pass by both the sun and Mars and their messy entanglement. Mercury sort of cruising by and watching it all go down. So I think Mercury is bringing news to them and also taking news with them to the rest of us. So we may get word of some of this fall from grace or unsuccessful competitions or efforts to rise, um, things that feel sort of hard to see from the outside, but are sort of going on in an entanglement that's behind the scenes. We may get announcements or information about disagreements, irritating mail or inflammatory words, Mars adding some heat to Mercury's language, perhaps designed to provoke anger or position oneself as the best. Yeah, there's heat to the messaging or to the news. So it's adding inflammation to instabilities, bringing about a wind of change that is powerful or adding some, an additional gust to that wind, but perhaps also detrimental. The final astro witness that we'll talk about in this particular episode is Saturn stationing direct. And this happens on Sunday, October 10th, or it'll be the 11th if you're in Australia. This is happening about seven degrees of Aquarius. So if you have planets in your chart that are close to seven degrees of Aquarius, Taurus, Scorpio, or Leo, or if Saturn is a prominent player in your chart this year or in general, you may feel this more acutely, or you may likely have also felt the retrograde more acutely as well. With this stationing direct, Saturnian agendas and projects, they can now move forward after a time of standstill or reversal since May 23rd, which is when how long Saturn has been retrograde. So these long-term efforts or goals can now resume activity and progress. Because it's Saturn, forward motion could also look like resumed effort or resumed restrictions, or re-implementation of boundaries or walls or obstacles. It could also be the resumption of activities in the Aquarius part of your life or these topics in your chart. Because Saturn is changing direction, is going direct here, this also means that Saturn and Uranus are once again moving towards one another for what will be their third clash of this year, which is going to peak in late December. So we will again start to see an amplification of these energies and tensions and conflicts that the Saturn-Uranus dynamic is amplifying. So... That's all of the astro we're going to talk about in this episode. You can look for the rest of October in our full moon episode, which will come out on October 14th, where we'll talk about Aries full moon, Mercury and Jupiter stationing direct, as well as the sun and Mercury entering Scorpio for what will be probably the less than fun ride of November. If you would like to explore how this is or isn't showing up in your personal natal chart uh, or meet your natal chart in general, you can find out more information about booking a session with me in the links below. And as I said earlier, you can also check out KIN, which is our online community membership where we provide monthly tools and resources for tracking these aspects for yourself, asking questions, and learning more about astrology in general. So you can find links for that also below. And if you would like to join, be sure to do that today if you're interested, since the doors will be closing at 10 p.m. Eastern time tonight. 
So we're now going to move into the channeled portion of the episode. As always, I would love to encourage you to use your own discretion, use your own discernment when mapping out your life, what feels generative, regenerative for you, take it in for nourishment. I'm so happy that that resonates. What doesn't feel generative or applicable for you right now, let it slide. Maybe it's for someone else and that's totally fine. So maintain your power when receiving and listening and afterwards, I will close us out with a couple of poems. Take care or take courage in preparation. How we prepare for something tells us a lot about what we believe could happen, is happening, what we expect, what we desire. Can you prepare for things with more sacred energy, with more thought, with more listening, with more tenderness as you step into certain cycles of your day or your weeks or your months, the things that you do all the time, what could a moment of sacred preparation do to your rhythms? due to your habits, due to your perspective on how you spend your time, how you spend your attention. Adding these periods or these exclamation points or these pauses before you step into a cycle of creation or attention, even with things that feel boring on the outside. What could adding this swath of color do What could you do to bring more of the sacred attention into the things that you do every day instead of waiting for the thing to change or waiting for what feels exciting to disrupt with good news? How can you be the deliverer of that good news, the creator of that good news by instilling the message in beforehand? In every moment, you're bringing in a suitcase And when we create these moments of pause and preparation before we step in, we're analyzing what is in the suitcase that I'm bringing to this moment. Is it appropriate to my expectations and my desires? Is it aligned with what I actually want to happen? Is it aligned with what I need? Is it aligned? Am I taking care of myself with what is in my suitcase or am I just lugging shit around? May we pause more frequently May we prepare more regularly. May it become a more ongoing, sacred pause part of the process. Could we curate it with more creativity, with more beauty, instead of going into each moment, either lugging the shit around or not even knowing what's in there or opening it and feeling disappointed. Where are the moments that you can 
look at what's inside, rearrange, take things out, put different things in, carry less, maybe more. Carry what feels nurturing, not just to your needs as that feel quantifiable, but to your needs of your soul. Are you bringing the songs with you that you need? Are you bringing the pictures with you that you need? Are you bringing the reminders with you that you need? Are you bringing the beauty with you that you need? As things move, as weather changes, as seasons move, as storms come and go, what make these moments of pause. Trust yourself enough to pause and look in there and say, because I love myself and because I am preparing for this, what is it that I need to bring? Love yourself enough to prepare for what you need. Love yourself enough to anticipate what you need. Love yourself enough to bring what you love. Love yourself enough to pack the songs. Love yourself enough to remember the things that you need to remember, to remember the things that you want to remember. Because often it is the things that we want that actually keep us going, sometimes more than the things that we only need? Are you including that full spectrum of yourself in your heart? Are you including that song with the things that you're bringing to the table? Can you tend to all the dimensions of yourself, not just the practical edges of yourself? Know that this attention nourishes others as well. Know that these small pauses, these small swaths of color, these small preparations, resets, rituals of preparation that you make, that you bring into each moment will change the energy around you, will change your perspective on your life and what's possible will change your nervous system, will change how you relate to the mundane world, will change how you relate to the unseen world and make you a more conscious translator, a more conscious packer, a more conscious traveler on this voyage of life, a more conscious weaver of the sacred and the mundane that is happening all the time. Remember to prepare the time to attend to the weaving of those things. Prepare the time to attend to your creativity. Don't get stuck in what feels quantifiable or justifiable to others. The soul must be able to hear its song in order for it to sing. Prepare time to tend to your song. Prepare time to listen and learn from your song. Prepare time to share with your song. Don't let the language or the expectations of pure minimalist utility tear you down. Minimize your dreams, steal things from your suitcase. Love yourself enough to pause. 
to prepare and to do it over and over again for the moments that carry you through your day, through your weeks. As we are travelers, we are traveling on this voyage through life. So remember to pause and to prepare and to bring with you what you need. So I have two poems to share with you for the end of this episode. The first one is very, feels very Marsy, and it's called Sun Shower, which is a poem by Natalie Shapiro. Some people say the devil is beating his wife. Some people say the devil is pawing his wife. Some people say the devil is doubling down on an overall attitude of entitlement towards the body of his wife. Some people say the devil won't need to be sorry, as the devil believes that nothing comes after this life. Some people say that in spite of the devil's public, long-standing, and meticulously logged disdain for the health and wholeness of his wife, the devil spends all day, every day, insisting grandly and gleefully on his general pro-woman ethos that the devil truly considers himself to be an unswayed crusader, effortlessly magnetic, scrupulous, gracious, and in spite of the devil's several advanced degrees, a luminous autodidact. Some people say, calm down. This is commonplace. Some people say, calm down. This is very rare. Some people say, the sun is washing her face. Some people say, in hell, they're having a fair. I loved the juxtaposition of those images, especially for Mars in Libra right now. The second poem is called I Feel Pity by Dorothea Lasky, which uh, appeared in a Tin House publication years ago, and I just refound it and revisited it, so I'm excited to share it with you. I feel pity for my sister who is dying somewhere in a lonely house. I feel pity for my dog who had to die without me on a table after months of pain. I feel pity for the stranger in the hospital bed who is never touched but sleeps there nonetheless. What love for me, what love for them, I feel absolute pity, tenderness. I feel pity and sadness for the children in the schools who are not given a fair shot. I feel pity for the books that are published and then burned, with bodies that fell a thousand trees. I feel pity for the trees left outside in the cold and wind, to fend for themselves with roots so thick and no one sees. I feel pity for the sky, with blue vapors. It hugs the clouds, and the clouds don't care. I feel pity for my legs, this desk. I feel pity for this desk, its wooden face. Won't I just throw it away when I'm done with it? I feel pity for the moon, raging against the day. And what for? Its crazy face, all ghostly. That is what they really say about it. I feel pity for the stars, the blue stars and the red stars and the green stars. I feel pity for the stars that shoot sparks in the green-gray. I feel pity for the colors. I feel pity for this room. Where I will go and bring a life in, I feel pity for that life and more. I feel pity for all of the lives that go on and no one even stops to notice. I feel pity for the flowers, the birds, all of them, and even pity for the birds, but I don't feel pity for you. I don't pity you. 
you big hot thing. I don't feel pity for your arms, which could hold me for a thousand hours, and I want them to. I don't feel pity for you among all these things. I love you more, more and most of all, and you are careless and ceaseless like you always are to everyone. I don't feel pity. You have this poem, this book. I don't feel pity. They will talk of you for a thousand years, you gorgeous spirit, you, you crazy nothing, blonde hair and sublime torso. Smile more than a million men, a truly million-dollar man, in greenish suit, wild spirit, you. I love you. I love you when you're rocking. I love you when you're rocking. Always for me, but never for me. Always, always in the wind. I loved both of those. as They feel very much a little bit like some of these jumbles in Libra and some of the the parallels or the juxtapositions of mixed messages and these stabs that we take at beauty. In closing, I hope to remind you to take care of yourself and your heart, to nurture your needs and your others. Remember that we have a free class coming up towards the end of October, and you can RSVP and access the info for that at the link below. May you find what generates the groundness for you to remember yourself and your story and the drive towards your song. And I hope that you be well and peace. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the show, and share the episode. Check out the links below to learn more about things we talked about and find free resources. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us inside of the Homebody Portal, a free online community where you can talk more about the episode, learn with us, and connect with others. Let us be in service to life with courage, creativity, and connection. Thank you for being here. Be well. Peace.